Hello, everyone. I will call to order uh, the July 24th meeting of the City of Kirkland Design Review Board, and we'll begin with roll call. Randall Brand. Carlos Castaneda. Present. Shoshana Cohen. Fatima Kohan. Present. Supriya Kelkar. Present. Tyler Smith. Present. Amy Tars. Present. Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, that um, uh, we don't have any reading of um, any reading and or approval of minutes. Um, so um, I'll announce the agenda. So um, tonight's agenda is uh, one item. Uh, it is the design response conference for the Parkshore at Juanita Bay project, file number DRB 23-00137. And uh, I believe that's all that we have on the agenda tonight, uh, in addition to an administrative item. Okay, um, so um, before we start, um, now is the time for any members of the public or uh, audience who wish to speak on any items that are not related to tonight's agenda. Uh, staff, do we have anyone on the list? As a reminder, this is the moment for uh, members of the audience to speak on items that are not related to the project that we're going to discuss today. Hey, Carlos. Yeah, there are several people, but I, I think they're probably part of the project. So I don't see anyone raising hands currently. Okay, sounds good. Uh, all right, uh, there's there being none. Uh, let's just dive right into uh, this project. I'll turn it to staff. All right, thanks, Carlos. Okay, and just to double check, you see a full slide doing some interesting things right now? Yes. Perfect, all right. Let's get going. Um, hi, everyone. It's good to see you. My name is Jen Anderer. I'm an associate planner for Kirkland. Um, and as mentioned, we're here for the Park Shore Juanita Bay Project, uh, the Design Response Conference. So to get our bearings, the subject property is comprised of two parcels. It's located at 11853 97th Avenue Northeast. That's just west of Juanita Village and then north of Juanita Beach Park. And the site currently contains a one-story assisted living facility known as the Gardens at Juanita Bay. In terms of zoning, the site is located in the JBD6 zone, so that has a maximum height of 26 feet above average building elevation. And it's surrounded by some residential zones like RM2.4 to the west, which has a maximum height of 30 feet, RM3.6 to the north with a maximum height of 35 feet, there's also a portion of JBD6 to the north, which is the same as our subject property. So it has the same maximum height of 26 feet. Juanita Village is to the east and it has a range of maximum height from 30 to 75 feet. And then to the south is Juanita Beach Park um, and height for projects and parks are determined on a case by case basis. As far as process, we're currently in the design response conference stage. The CDC was held back in January and the applicant has submitted their environmental review application, which the city is currently reviewing that permit. 
And after receiving DRB approval, they will um, be required to obtain development permits for building and grading. So this project consists of a three-story independent senior living facility with uh, 54 residential units having access to rooftop amenities. The parking is proposed within um, a parking structure with also some limited surface parking stalls and vehicular access is being proposed to come off um, 97th Avenue Northeast to the east. And as I mentioned earlier, the project had a conceptual design conference back in January and at that meeting the board preferred massing option three, which you see here and provided some design direction to the applicant relating to things like modulation, relation to the existing developments like Juanita Village, um, use of open spaces both along the north side of the property and also connecting to Juanita Beach Park to the south. If we move on to key zoning regulations, many of these aren't under the review authority of the DRB and they'll get reviewed for compliance by staff as part of the building permit but there are two items that are fairly pertinent to the board's review. So the first one is the subject property is significantly encumbered by a mapped wetland and a stream which have associated buffers. And this has played a role not only in the massing of the project, but it also ties into pedestrian oriented amenities. So for example, you can see here, this is a snip of a rendering from the applicants um, packet where they're proposing a public walking trail, which is permitted by code if it's located in the outer 25% of the critical area buffers. And then the second item, um, this one requires board approval specifically. So the zoning code allows the applicant to request an additional 13 feet in height which can be approved by the board if um, design techniques are used to minimize the perceived building mass to achieve superior architectural and human scale. So superior techniques would include elements that are not already required. So we're thinking special details, materials, landscaping, et cetera, um, things that help mitigate that increase in, in massing. And the applicant is looking to incorporate this additional height into their design and they'll um, elaborate on that during their presentation. But to give you a little visual of what that height looks like um, on the elevation drawing here, I've highlighted the additional height in yellow. And then to clarify, when you're looking at the plans, the blue hatched area are elevator and staircase enclosures and also um, a common, a rooftop common room, those are permitted by code to exceed the maximum height by yet an additional 15 feet. If we look towards the design guidelines, let's start with scale. Um, at the CDC, the board discussed increasing modulation, thoughtful design of that south facade and techniques to complement the Juanita uh, village development. So tonight we're asking the board to provide feedback on if horizontal and vertical modulation techniques are effective in breaking up that massing, are the architectural elements incorporated into the design effective at creating that human scale, have any concerns around the mass been adequately addressed, and then as, as I mentioned with that height, has that additional height been mitigated by techniques that provide superior architectural and human scale? For pedestrian oriented elements, the board had asked the applicant to think through and provide a thoughtful waste management plan to reduce noise and potential safety issues for pedestrians circulating in and around the site. 
And then they also asked the applicant to incorporate pedestrian engagement elements. So this was things like that soft surface trail, weather protection, artwork from local artists, strong street activation, and a pedestrian connection to Juanita Beach Park. So here on the slide, you can see the site plan. Um, there's that dashed yellow circle towards the bottom, and that is um, highlighting where the applicant's intending to make that connection point into Juanita Beach Park. And we've had a couple of meetings um, with the applicants, the planning department, and then also the parks department to discuss this connection point. And the parks department approves the location, and they're also interested and very eager in working with everyone, working with the applicant team to make sure it's a successful pedestrian space. So tonight, as far as pedestrian oriented areas, we would be asking the board if there's any concerns around street activation or those pedestrian engagement elements and if they've adequately been addressed and if the design of the waste collection aligns with the overall design of the site. Then for landscaping, the applicant has um, provided in their materials details um, on the landscaping and intended species. So we would ask the board to provide any input on um, revisions to that or identifying other landscaping opportunities. And finally, we emailed the board to let them know the applicant has provided a material board that's set up for viewing here at City Hall. And the board should provide feedback regarding those proposed materials and color choices, discuss whether any additional materials are required or larger samples for a, a possible future DRC meeting. So we did receive one uh, public comment letter this past weekend, which was provided to the board and the applicants this afternoon. And the comments mainly focused on items that will be addressed by staff. Um, and that are covered in the zoning code, but I did want to highlight that the individual provided comments surrounding open space, neighborhood character, and also aesthetics. Um, so these are items that the board should consider as they review the project tonight. So finally, uh, the board should deliberate on this project and um, on the applicant's proposal rather, and either approve the project, approve with conditions, or request to return for another design response conference. And if the board determines another DRC is required, please outline what additional information would be needed at that meeting. So with that, I can take any immediate questions from the board, or if none, we can move on to the applicant presentation. I have a question for you, Jennifer. Yeah. So I'll start. <clears throat> so regarding the uh, building height, uh, mm -hmm. The, the max is 26 feet uh, plus um, 13 feet that mm -hmm. the applicant is requesting, correct? Yes. That's a total of 39 feet. Um, I was going through the elevations and I saw that there's a code section that states uh, KCC, um, I think it's 115.120 that is talking about um appurtenances mm -hmm. basically four feet is that applicable here yeah so it's that covers that section so the 115 120 is overall rooftop appurtenances so that applies to this um there's also a section in there that speaks to i'm just pulling it up really quick so it also speaks to elevators and those um 
and the staircases. So for those particular pieces of equipment yeah. that are that are serving the rooftop appurtenances, that's what can exceed by the 15 feet. But yeah, everything else is that four. And then that common room has its own section. So it's the next one, 115. Uh, are there any, gotcha. Are there any uh, limitations or requirements to get additional forfeit? Or is pretty much the discretion of the applicant to decide where they want to apply or if they want to apply that to the entire overall height or the maximum height? Are you, yeah, um, I think I, I think I'm understanding what you're asking. Um, yeah, it doesn't need, it's it's permitted by code. There's standards in there that they would have to meet as far as um, how much of the, the footprint it can take up and obviously that height, but, or maybe, maybe I'm not quite grasping I, what you're getting at. I can maybe answer that a little bit too. Um, just that I understand that 10% uh, of, of the overall footprint can uh, can have uh, roof appurtenances in that four foot zone. And that's mostly for like mechanical screening and things like that. Um, in our project, we have we have with it shown in the appendix where this occurs, it's under the 10%. And um, the locations that we mostly are using it is for mechanical screening, but then also for um, providing some modulation along that south facade as previously um, asked for from this board. So that's kind of... Okay, and quick question again, back for to Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, can that also be used for modulation or it needs to be exclusively for screening of uh, rooftop equipment? It's it's specifically tied to rooftop equipment and appurtenances. So that's what's what's getting granted that extra height. But the four feet not just the... not just four feet in general. Okay. Or anything. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sure. Um Board members, does anyone else have questions to Jennifer? I've got a question, I Jennifer. When we when we look at the the board approval requirement for the additional 13 feet, so adding the third floor. And when we talk about superior architecture, human scale, is there I I was looking for it, but is there something that kind of gives us a definition of what that means? You faded out a little at the end, but I think you were asking that gives you an indication of what that means. You're correct. What? Yeah. Um, and so I can elaborate a little and then also um, might pop it over to John a little bit with his experience with a wider variety of projects, but it's we're looking at things that go above and beyond what's already required in the design guidelines. Um, so whether that be, um, you know, an increase in that modulation, whether it's um, looking at different materials or things like that, that are really trying to mitigate that mass, kind of those, those above and beyond special features. Um, it is a little bit hard to specifically identify what that would be, but I think probably something that's helpful for the board to focus on is the idea that it is something that goes beyond what would normally be required. John, I, do have some yeah. I was like, do you have any uh, elaboration, John? Um, I think, I think Jen stated it fairly well. Um, like if you were to look through the code or if you were to look through the guidelines, there really isn't anything in addition. Um, 
And I think it's going to come down to kind of like my, my thoughts on this would be since the board already gave like, um, you know, a direction on the applicant in terms of the massing, it's going to come down to me. It seems like, does the board feel what the applicant is proposing in terms of probably the other item, the design item. So like the colors, the materials, the, the scale, the um, articulation, you know, does the board feel that that's superior given kind of your experience of what you see typically um, of what you've approved in the past? So that's my best stab at it. Okay. Yeah. No, that, I'm just trying to get a feel for it. A little yeah. bit better for you. Hey, thank you. I do have a, oh, Tyler has got his hand raised too. I just got a quick question, Amy. It's really quick. Um, in our last meeting, I just want to uh, confirm, didn't we discuss about the facade of how we were trying to make it not seem so, you know, robust? We were going to work with, with the three stories and try to, you know, give off a way of making it more, I guess you could say more like more, more neutral to the area. But wasn't that something that we were discussing that we wanted to see in this next meeting? Is that a question for me? Because I could, yeah. I could take that one. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of what we we're getting at of commentary on making sure it, it complements and kind of marries with the Juanita development that exists. I think we had talked a little bit about um, playing with building materials or or uh, making sure that that facade kind of ties in with the townhome type feel. So it's it's the coordination of those. Got it. And ever since the meeting back in January, there hasn't been anyone prior to the subject or after the subject? Another meeting? Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure oh. that, that yeah, because no. it, was, it was a while yeah. back, so I just want to yep. make sure. <laughs> One CDC, and then tonight is the first DRC. All right. Thank you. So I do have a um, very basic question. Um, Jennifer, you presented uh, and noted that there are two zoning districts or these two, it basically, it, 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 this involves two properties, correct? Yes, it's two different parcels. And uh, they they have um, two different maximum heights. They don't. It's the same zone. So it's JBD6 oh. for both parcels. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I somehow thought that there's a so it's the adjacent properties that were 26. That were 30 and 35. 30, that oh, 30 and by. 35. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so, this whole project has the same same zoning. Okay, so and this one with the 13 feet will be 40 or four, 39. Yeah, 39. Okay. And with the rooftop incremented a bit to 54. You're really testing my math. <laughs> I was yeah, looking at the packet. There's also um, a sheet that was added in there that maps it out fairly well. Let me see which page number I guess it is. we can always ask the applicant to explain it to us when they do their presentation, if that would help. Yeah, that I mean that will be a part of it, right? Of um, elaborating on their chosen design 
And so they're prepared to go through that. All right, uh, Amy, uh, do you have any additional questions? Um, that's it, thank you. Thank you. Um, does anyone else have any questions to um, Jennifer? If not, uh, we'll proceed and um, I'll turn it over to the applicant to begin their presentation. Great, um, I'm gonna start with an intro and then we'll go through the presentation slides. So thank you everyone for um, joining us this evening for the special session of the Design Review Board meeting. I'm Bethany Madsen, Principal at Baya Perkins Eastman Studio and Project Manager for the Park Shore Juanita Bay Project. I'm here tonight with Paul Agner from Transforming Age and he is representing the property owner. Jerry Coburn with GCH is the landscape architect and also joining from via Perkins Eastman is Wolf Saar, Managing Principal, Jim Bedoya, Principal and Designer, and Kyle Kinney, who is an associate, and he will be walking you through the design package. And we are all available to respond to questions at the end of the presentation. So with that, I'm going to share screen and Kyle will start. Great. Wait for it to load. There we go. Can you all see that? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Bethany, for your introduction. Um, I'd also like to just say thank you for giving us this time and to share our project and vision for this site. Next slide, please. And speaking of vision, this is really what we mean. We're excited to develop a vibrant community for active seniors. And this is just really such a wonderful location and community that we believe our project will feel at home in. Next slide. To begin, I'd like to recap where we last left off in the conceptual design conference. I know some of this is um, extra information. Jennifer did a wonderful job presenting, but um, for the sake of our presentation and keeping it kind of linear and flowing, um, some of this might be duplication. But um, to begin, I'd like to just uh, recap where we left off. Um, our option three, preferred massing, was selected in, to move forward. In these images, Juanita Beach Park is in the foreground, and the wetland is behind the building with 97th Avenue on the right side of the building. The massing presents a series of volumes towards Juanita Beach Park. Narrower volumes occur along 97th Avenue. Most parking remains within the building, while some at-grade parking occurs along the south and western sides of the building. As you can see, articulation and modulation has advanced, but the overall massing has stayed true to what was previously selected with this board. Of note here, the site is shown identically between the two images. Um, we'll demonstrate those updates in future slides. Next slide. Focusing on the evolution of the building massing here, you can see this progression from site constraint to volumetric changes. These demonstrate how we arrive from a basic site area to an ordered rhythm of primary towers secondary bays, and tertiary recess articulation. Next slide. And for reference, the upper left-hand corner of these slides depict the diagrams from the previous slide as a device to orient ourselves uh, to these massing changes. So those will change from side to side, but help us show uh, where these expressions occur. Um, this one highlights the three brick-clad towers along the park-facing facade. Brick provides a high-quality building material with a textural human scale, 
the volumes act as an anchoring as anchoring elements along the facade and break it up into smaller segment lengths. Within these larger brick volumes, windows recess vertically to add supplementary articulation and interest. This treatment is similar to the Bay expression, which we'll show on the next slide. In this Bay expression, parapets are lowered to differentiate from the brick towers and the larger scale and the larger windows are grouped together vertically with an accent panel to add interest and textural detail and help break down the volume here. In addition, the siding joints are oriented in a vertical and horizontal rhythm that emphasizes the vertical while providing a horizontal band to accommodate intake and exhaust venting required for this building type. Next slide, please. Within the secondary bay articulation are these recessed areas, allowing each unit a generous balcony. Here, the siding changes to a smaller scale with a more textural and residential aesthetic. The darker color further emphasizes the recess, breaking down the scale of the overall building. Above top floor unit balconies, Brisolet add more human scale texture and interest to the facade while providing some sun protection for balcony goers. I think it also helps kind of provide an additional kind of um, element that breaks down the scale. Um, the Brisolet and balconies below have a horizontal emphasis. This horizontality contrasts the vertical emphasis in the Bay expression, providing a balanced aesthetic between the two. Next slide. And that really summarizes the three primary facade expressions that encompass the exterior of the building. We feel that architecture really is strongest when buildings are designed in the round and that all sides of the building are thoroughly resolved and relate to each other. The design, this design thoroughly, thoroughly and thoughtfully integrates mechanical support spaces and the majority of parking to minimize blank walls on the building. This view looking Southwest shows the wetland facing facades and how our facade expressions wrap all sides of the building, creating a, co a cohesive design experience. Next slide, please. From Juanita Beach Park, the tower expression provides added interest to the residential rhythm established. This rhythm extends the length of the South facing facade to provide a residential scale back backdrop for the park. Of note, the brick towers are taller than adjacent facade expressions providing additional variation to the facade. Along 90, oh, sorry, next slide, please. Along 97th Avenue, the scale and rhythm of the bays and recesses change. They narrow to echo a townhouse scale in order to harmonize with the townhouses across the street. Along the park facing facade, the left side of this image, the largest brick tower expression is visible from 97th Avenue as a wayfinding element. The building signage is incorporated into a canopy that wraps around the first volume, providing weather protection for pedestrians and to signify the building entry. Next slide, please. Along the wetland buffer, the north side of the building, a short trail loop provides residents a place to meander and enjoy the adjacent creek and vegetation. The bays, recesses, and their subdued material and color palette provide a refined contemporary backdrop to the natural amenities. Next slide, please. And that really just gives us a, a quick walk around the building. Um, this is the material color palette we are proposing, as you've seen already. Um, as you can see, the warm gray brick located at the bottom of the page anchors the project in the tower expression. The warm dark gray color noted as C1 in the middle of the page occurs in the recess expression as a lap siding product, while the C2 panel on the left is the primary bay cladding. The warm white paneling here is a, comp is a composite panel product Party panel with concealed fasteners and a smooth finish. 
For the edges, we intend to use minimal aluminum bead reveal trim product to provide a crisp, clean, finished edge that gives the system a contemporary minimal aesthetic. Black window frames and metal trim elements on the right and top of the page enrich the, enrich the overall aesthetic. Also, a composite accent panel C3 provides an interesting texture to the bay expression and harmonizes with the brick coloring and helps break down that, that bay expression as well. Next page, please. So we've already talked a little bit um, about this additional height exception, the zoning code. Um, and uh, here, I just wanted to look at it, you know, specifically in, um, in our building. Here, you're seeing the average grade at the bottom, the max building height, and that 13-foot additional height. Um, to, and I, I think we can probably just skip to the next slide because we've already talked about this quite a bit. Um, in the two top images, elements highlighted in blue, this is major and minor bay articulation, townhouse expression, unit bay and briselet features, and varying material and textural features provide superior architectural and humid scale to this project. We feel this entire project uh, really is benefited by the height exception. The added height coupled with the bay expression provide the right size and scale for this context, we feel. Uh, this vertical townhouse expression, especially along 97th Avenue, more closely mirrors the townhouse character across the street, something we'll highlight again in a later slide. Next slide. In our team's opinion, superior architectural and human scale is not limited to the exterior of the building either. The height exception allows us to right-size and provide exceptional amenity spaces for residents, visitors, and staff. Additionally, Transforming Age really prioritized sustainability as a point of focus from the onset. The project is targeting and is on track to be LEED Platinum certified, something we're all very proud of and want to take into consideration here. And frankly, this project really isn't possible without the height exception. So when we set out to meet the standards of this exception, we really tried to look at the topic holistically and how we can provide the best product, the best building we can to benefit residents, staff, the immediate context, and the surrounding neighborhood. For instance, these spaces will hold and support a community consulate office and community heritage group meetings. So ensuring a welcome, spacious environment is incredibly beneficial to this project and its community. Next slide, please. So that's kind of our focus on the building itself um, and the articulation of the building. Now I'd like to step back and focus more on the site and how the building integrates with it. The site is entered from the Southeast corner, similar to its current location, and farthest from the intersection at 120th Street. From here, vehicular traffic moves counterclockwise to the garage entry. Along the way, a few parallel visitor stalls occur, then additional parking is broken up by landscape islands along the vehicular path. A fire access and loading drive occurs on the north side of the building, away from 97th Avenue, something we'll, we'll touch on later. From a pedestrian experience, new sidewalks and frontage improvements occur along the entire project extents of 97th Avenue and 120th Street. Pedestrian infrastructure does not exist in, in these locations currently, so these improvements will increase pedestrian safety. The sidewalk continues from 97th Avenue to the main building entry, providing walk-in access to the building. At the north side of the building, residence seating and the wood chip pathway occur adjacent to the wetland buffer area and creek. Next slide, please. So here I'd like to just take a second and highlight the, the buffer setback lines. Um, you can see we're balancing vehicular needs, service needs, resident needs, and landscape buffers south of these setback lines. 
So there's a lot we're juggling in these kind of neck down spaces. In the wetland buffer area, the wood chip pathway can only occur in the outer 25% of the buffer zone, something that Jennifer touched on uh, previously. Um, so you can see why that pathway doesn't extend further into the wetland area. Next, next slide. Here's a closer look at the park facing portion of the site. Um, one comment from the CDC asked to provide direct entry to the park for building residents. Here, a generous raised portion of landscape pavers provides a level access from the building entry to the park. A gate will occur at the property line where we're coordinating with Public Works and the, they are supportive of this park connection as we've discussed. Next slide, please. This top left image provides a view of the primary building entry where it's notable that common areas have large window treatments here. This image almost also demonstrates the, that raised uh, portion of pavers that aid to signify the entry while giving acute vehicular traffic to slow down, highlighting that you're entering a pedestrian zone. Next slide. Now moving up to moving up from the building entry to 97th Avenue, you can uh, once again see how the bay language narrows to provide a townhouse aesthetic. Next slide. This narrowing of uh, this narrowing ref reflects the adjacent condition across the street, shown in the bottom left here. On the right side of the of this slide in section view, our project is set back from the street to provide privacy for building residents and unit at grade patios. Next slide. And here's a close-up showing uh, the sidewalk relationship to the building, its patios, and the balconies. Next slide. So I want to focus on, on here, this area, just a little bit more. But um, you can see an update to the sidewalk condition um, along 97th and Red. This change occurred since the design review packet was submitted and occurred at the request of the Public Works Department. They asked for additional parallel street parking to match the other side of this street. So we incorporated this parking and a bulb at the corner to increase pedestrian visibility. To do this, we are providing three feet along the property line to mark the street, uh, to make the street profile work. An easement is being negotiated for this work. Um, we are also matching sidewalk width to the condition across the street. Next slide. And moving to the wetland buffer area on the north side of the building, you'll note the patio area adjacent to the building with access from the, di the dining hall for residents. Next slide. You can see that um, on the kind of left-hand side of the slide, right in the middle there, um, the section cutting through it and where that, uh, that patio area occurs. From that patio area, residents can access the wood chip pathways occurring in the, in the renaturalized area. Nurse logs, snags, burn gardens, pollinator plantings, and native plantings provide habitat and points of interest along the path. In addition, birdhouses, bat rockets, which are essentially birdhouses for bats, and a little library provide elements in the landscape that can be sculptural and provide color accents to the landscape. With the renaturalized area, we see the building being a backdrop to the broader landscape and park where color is actually minimized in the building palette. So these landscape elements and landscape fauna provide colorful points of interest for the residents and the neighborhood. Next slide. So here, kind of in the bottom left of this section, um, you can see the, the creek relationship to the sidewalk along 120th Street and the walkway, the walking path experience to the left um, and the, the buffer separating between them. Next, can, uh, next slide, please. These elevations depict uh, your experience from 120th Street. On top, you can see the wetland buffer and its plantings will minimize views of this side of, this side of the building. 
Below is an elevation closer to the building, so you can see how we've minimized the service and parking areas so the bay and recess expression continue around the building. Next slide. Here we've enlarged the site plan to better understand service and site access. Along the north side of the building, the access drive provides two loading zones for deliveries and move in move out access for residents. Additionally, we provided a location for solid waste staging at the northwest corner to minimize truck turnaround congestion and noise along 97th Avenue. Next slide. And lastly, a generous rooftop amenity with various programming elements provides places for additional resident activities views to the park and wetland, and an attractive roofscape for neighboring buildings. I'll also note that the uh, we, we went to uh, real pains here actually to put the, locate the stairs away from the south um, park-facing uh, park facades and the facades along 97th. So those stairs are pushed, pushed farthest into the mass uh, that we could, as well as um, the, the elevator tower in that common room. So it really minimizes the scale and perception of those elements um, from the public right away. Next slide, please. And that concludes our presentation. Thank you for allowing us your time to uh, allowing us time to share our project with you. Um, we're really I'm very excited about this project and the direction this project is headed and the vibrant community for active seniors it will create. We believe that some of the design decisions taken meet the exemption standards for superior architectural and human scale. The overall quality of materials, amount of glazing, interior spaces, uh, sustainable design, regenerative landscape and wetland strategies mark a tangible improvement to the site and benefit this neighborhood. Thank you again, and we look forward to your comments and questions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate the presentation. Um, now, um, let's continue. Um, now, it's time for the board. Uh, to make any questions to the applicant regarding this project uh, for members um, who would like to start. Supriya, would you like to start the questions? I see Tyler's hands up, so he can go first. Okay, go ahead, Tyler. No, no, Supriya, you, you go first. I was just <laughs> letting me all go second. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sure. Okay. So um, a few questions. Can we talk a little bit about the color palette and what was the concept behind that? I can take that. Um, so, yeah. So um, I think we really, uh, again, really wanted to minimize uh, the kind of extreme colors and focus on more natural tones. Um, and that's where you see that in the brick and some of the accent paneling. Uh, we went with a warm white for the primary bay cladding um, to, to kind of, you know, really brighten up the facades um, just from a, a shade and shadow standpoint. There are, you know, um, uh, a significant amount of, you know, public seating on the north side of the, of the site. So making a real dark building over there just didn't, didn't quite feel right from a, a lighting standpoint. Um, and then in the tertiary language, the recesses, um, we did use a darker color there, um, uh, of a warm gray to kind of further differentiate between the, the bay elements uh, so that there's, you know, you kind of uh, uh, create maximum, you know, uh, em uh, emphasis of the, the differentiation in plane there. Okay. Um... 
Is there another color board for the hardscape? Because I didn't see one. Was that submitted? We do. We did not submit a separate hardscape color board. Um, I think that's something that we probably could do in the future. But that wasn't that wasn't a comment that we received. Okay. Um, another question about the tree inventory. This is page 54. Um, can you talk a little bit about the where the trees are getting removed and then where the replacement trees are? Jerry, do you want to uh, take that question? Yeah, um, I'm not sure if we can pull up the, the plan in particular. Yeah, let me let me open the um, the packet that was submitted and and I'll get I'll get there. So sure. go ahead and, and answer and I'll um, respond uh, in a second. So uh, we'll continue to work with urban forestry on tree removal and replacement. Um, in their latest comments, they uh, mentioned that there were four trees in particular that we would need to uh, replace at a three to one ratio, uh, which gives us a total of 12 trees that we would need to replace. Uh, right now, our quantity of new trees is at uh, 217. So we far exceed um, any requirements for replacement trees. Um, the trees that are on site that are being removed are um, in some cases because of the, uh, the existing buildings that are there on site. And uh, to remove those buildings is going to affect the trees, which in some cases are right next to or kind of growing out of the building itself. So that there's a number of trees that'll, that, that'll affect. Let's see. Uh, so this shows the existing uh, building. It was it's this one. Yeah, there we go. So you can see the ones with X's are uh, removed trees. Um, and the total uh, removal of trees is about approximately 90 trees in total. But like I said, there's four of them that uh, urban forestry wants to have replacements for um, in total. Uh, and I don't know if we have a planting plan or maybe the color plan, you can see um, the trees that are, are being installed for this. So they're primarily around the perimeter for softening and screening and buffering, especially on the west side of the, the building there for the neighbors adjacent. Uh, and then the, the wetland uh, hasn't been delineated with all the trees, but there are a lot of new trees that, uh, that will go into that as that becomes revegetated and invasive species are taken out and the invasives are primarily blackberry and things like that. Does that help? Yeah, so are most of the replacement trees in the wetland zone? Well, it's, it's pretty evenly split. You can see along the east side of the building, there's lots of trees along that side. Uh, along the south side, there's lots of trees. So around the building itself, we're really trying to work to, to uh, complement the facade of the building. Uh, like Kyle said, with the colors, that, that green will really pop out. Uh, but then there are a lot of trees that will go into that. I don't have that breakdown right in front of me, but I could uh, get that over to you at some point. Okay. Um, that's all the questions I had. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Supriyam. Um, Tyler, go ahead. 
Thanks, Carlos. Um, yeah, so again, I want to thank the applicant for the presentation again. Um, so a few things that I do have some questions such concerns around. Um, so we were talking about uh, the having it the this building sort of blend in or contrast with the environment around and you're also talking about the townhomes that were uh, uh, across from this facility. How does what your design really actually meet that expectation? Because I'm not seeing that one when it comes to the townhomes and two, when it comes to blending, you have a white building that's looking directly at a park. I mean, it's very vibrant in there. So I'm trying to understand the concept of how that sort of blends in. Can you give me some more? I mean, maybe it's not just explained into the pictures, but it just seems very intrusive in certain ways in that area. I can speak a little to that. Um, you know, the building is uh, composed of 54 flats. We're, we're designing this project for seniors that are active. And uh, we respect what has taken place across the street, but don't want to mimic it. You know, we've done numerous townhouse developments. This is not a townhouse development, but the scale of the modulation and the bays and the articulation of that frontage along 97th is very much uh, a contemporary townhouse expression. And the color palette, I think, is intended to be neutral in the sense that we want the landscape <clears throat> and the elements that bring color to the project to be uh, emphasized by having a fairly neutral backdrop. Uh, these are warm colors. Uh, they'll be timeless. There's a trend to add a little too much color to multifamily projects, which tends to get a bit chaotic. And I think, you know, the sophistication of a sort of timeless palette of color and materials <clears throat> is gonna make this building feel at home for, um, decades ahead so so jim and that leads to another question do you know the the uh the new construction that's down on lake on lake street um the vela that's I, right there i'm not familiar with that no uh it's it's a new um residential uh location that's right by where the hectares was and not to discredit at all what you guys have done you've done a beautiful job um as far as the presentation and obviously showing what you guys are wanting to forward but it feels very copy and paste to me so i'm trying to get a sense of where where the originality lies because it's that's a very busy area that's for more of um you know single family uh location and this is supposed to be more towards senior living so i'm just trying to understand what the originality is behind it because it, it does seem very 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 similar well <clears throat> not being familiar with the project that you're referencing um, I think, you know, good design uh, is timeless, and I don't think uh, being trendy is is going to do uh, this project any any favors. I, I, I strongly feel that a, a strong contemporary uh, kit of parts that we've used in this project feels right and will stand the test of time. So, right. Um and I understand that. My last question, um, 
is around you're talking about the access for the senior living to be able to go into the park. Now, where you guys are located, they've installed uh, what is sort of a dog park. Have you guys worked on ways to work with that and make that manageable for the residents to have access to directly the park, not directly into the dog park? Yeah, so we met with we met with the parks department um, earlier or wait later last week, and and we're coordinating the location of that of that gate for with them. And they mentioned the dog park. I believe that it's further to the west than this than this entry is showing. Um, I also understand that it's temporary. I don't know if it's slated to become more permanent, um, but we can work with them in the future. Okay, and you've had confirmation that by the time that it's, you guys will plan to have people coming in, that that should be moved at some point. The dog park? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's that's not really up to us. It's the parks department that would need to make that decision. My understanding, it is further to the west. It, it doesn't align with this this point. Right. Okay. In space, so it's clear through there. Perfect. That's all my questions. Thank you, Taylor. Um, Amy, go ahead. So I'm going to be jumping around. Um, how much? Net impervious area is this project um, resulting with? Jerry, do you have that information readily available? I don't have that readily available. <laughs> I think it's, it's I think it's in our packet. Um, I believe there's a diagram towards the end that that provides that information. We we can go back to that ah. if one of you guys want to. I mean, oh, we have okay. we have total impervious okay. area. Um, I guess in terms of, because the current building is in the wetland buffer. Mm -hmm. And so like the difference from um, existing to new condition, I think is actually, um, it's either neutral or maybe better because, because of the restoration of the buffer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if, if one of you guys can kind of figure that out and then we can circle back to that. I would really appreciate it. Um, and with the wetland area, basically, are you enhancing the entire wetland and the buffer? Yeah, I mean, we're we're enhancing to the Kirkland code. Yeah, so, in, in so other yeah. words, yeah, the entire area. It, it, it's currently degraded, correct? Correct. That is correct. Okay, so then you will uh, bring it to a quality that is actually going to be a functional wetland. Yes, that's okay. that's the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, in terms of your um, presentation, you were saying how on Ninety Seventh Street there is a feeling of. I mean, it feels like a townhouse, but isn't that true for the entire building? I mean, I don't see a difference <clears throat> on your on your treatment of your facade for the entire building. Well, if mm -hmm. you if you look at the model, um, the bays that face the park actually encompass two rooms within the unit plan, and the and the third uh, room, which is a bedroom, is where the recess for the balcony is. On the on the ninety seventh elevation. 
we use the one bedroom units that we have. So the bay is simply the living space for the unit and the recess is where the bedroom occurs. So it's a much finer grain than what you see on the south and north facades. So there is a significant difference in the scale of those bay elements. And, and why can't you do it for all the facades? It's really, it's really a matter of how, you know, we have a majority of two bedroom units within the project and we've studied it both ways, but we feel mm -hmm. that, that uh, uh, the way we've uh, composed the elevation that uh, the bays wanted to be a more dominant element on that south and north elevation with just the uh, deck being the recess and the accent colored at the, at the back of that. So um, it just made more sense with the kit of parts that we had to compose it that way. Mm -hmm. um, so more in detail, on page 30, you provided a section um, and this is the um, basically the opposite side of Juanita Village, correct? This is how you're proposing to treat that edge. I'm not sure if we have the right image out. Page 30 of the packet. Well, or maybe page, well, there's two page numbers here. Um, maybe it's page 17. I've got two numbers here. This oh, one? Oh, wait, wait. Yes, that's the one. Yes. That is April 2023 date. I'm not sure if this is what's current or... Okay, so, yeah. So, um, can you explain why you're... Um, okay, so what I'm struggling with this is how this is interfacing or relating to the townhouses across the street. Because this doesn't feel, you know, the way Juanita Village treated their edge, it, it feels more urban. And this feels very suburban, you know, with the berm and, you know, all the landscaping and the building, you know, setback further from the street. Um, so can you can you explain why you chose this treatment? Well, um, it's decided on a number of points. You know, the, what's happening on this side of 97th is quite different than uh, what is happening on the west side of 97th. You know, our frontage is really a link between the park and uh, the open space wetland buffer and stream buffer that we have on the north. We also have <clears throat> about 10 feet of grade difference from the street to the west side of our building. So uh, to allow this building to have uh, ADA access internally and that all the floors are at the same elevation, uh, we picked sort of a midpoint on that elevation to determine what that first floor elevation is. And knowing that that first floor is gonna be a couple three feet below sidewalk grade on 97th, we actually increased and doubled uh, the setback on that so that we could do a gracious transition from the sidewalk grade to the grade 
of the outdoor patios for that first floor uh, elevation and gave us the opportunity to terrace it in a way that it was uh, <clears throat> provided privacy for those units and uh, a nice landscape buffer to the street. So those were all very conscious decisions early in the process. Bill, could you at least provide some sort of a walkway from the sidewalk to the patios? It would not, it would not meet accessibility standards because of the grade difference. And they have to, every unit has to? Um, not necessarily. I mean, there, there would be accessibility from the internal um, hallway. So I guess that could be, that could be an owner question. Okay, um, let's see. So in, in terms of, I know I, I couldn't follow all the discussion about height, but your amenity space on the roof, that is beyond the maximum height, is that correct? Like you're allowed to um, basically build, a, you know, I'm just thinking out loud because of dealing well, with all different um, code requirements. But just curious, like, yeah, um, can you explain how you were allowed to provide that amenities, amenity room on the top floor? It's yes. actually explained in the code. Why don't you ex uh, handle this one, Kyle? Sure. There's a there's a provision in the code um, that talks about common rooms. And so it's a, it's a, an interior enclosed space. Um, that has to be accessible for everybody in the uh, apartment complex, not just one or two units, something like that. Um, and so that, um, that space is allowed to exceed the maximum height limit by, 15, um, by up to 15 feet. Um, but it also needs to be, for as tall as it is, it also has to be as long from a building face as it is tall. So that's kind of how they're mitigating that height requirement. You're kind of setting it back as you make it taller. Ours isn't at 15 feet, that count, that common room. It's closer to uh, 11 or 12 feet, I think. Does that help? Mm -hmm. That's good. That, that's fine. Thank you. Um, did you do a solar analysis for your building? I don't know if, you know, I can't remember if you've presented that before. There, there was one in the concept design package. So the early, the early massing, there was a solar analysis and we're set back pretty far from the property line because of the access drive from mm -hmm. the south. So, and then the rest is, is on, on its own property. Okay. Um, as far as the materials, I know you, you, you called out the different materials and I'm trying to figure out um, um, you were using some darker colors for accents, like underneath the windows. What material is that? Let's go to. I think I know which one you're referencing. That's kind of the tan, um, yeah. striated panel. Yeah. Um, um, you can see it on page ten. That's one of them. Right, that C three panel. It's a, it's, it's a, a metal. It's, it's actually a composite panel. Um, so, but it's uh, it's got grooves in it, so it uh has a real tech, you know, kind of a real, uh, 
kind of pronounced texture and uh, will create a decent amount of shade and shadow on it. So um, uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a high end quality panel product that we just really like because it it does provide some warmth and uh, color to the facade uh, um, while providing some texture as well. Yeah. So and then there there is another and I don't know if that's the same type of material in the recessed area where you have the balconies. What is that material? That's lap siding. Um, uh, another composite panel lap, lap hardy lap siding product so it'll provide again more of a residential um, feel and texture to it so when you say composite i mean in, in other words when you say it's warm and it's composite um I'm, I'm just trying to is it like a flat panel with with one color or does it have depth by you know it's like a wood like it's it's lap siding, but it it's lap siding, but it, it does not have a texture, like okay. like a wood, like a wood pressed texture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's um smooth. It's a smooth, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the the canopies are metal. Correct. Okay. So texture wise, your brick would have would be where you have texture on your, um, on your elevation, correct? Right. As well as that C3 panel that is uh, depressed oh, the, and recessed, and it has some color variation um, in it. You can kind of you can even see in that image on the left there. There's you know some waviness and uh, differentiation oh, sure. In color. Sure. Um. And and when you say you you're using warm colors, what warm colors are you pertaining to? Well, all of these are a warm version of of what of what they are. Uh, um, you know, I think we, yeah, we we did think that gray was, uh, you know, a, a, all of these colors are more like Jim was was demonstrating a, a timeless color palette that, um, but still, you know, it still provides a level of of warmth to them. They aren't so stark um, that they're you know the the, the brightest white. Um, uh, that's that's something we've you have paid a lot of attention to. Yeah. Think of it mm -hmm. more as a Starbucks palette, you know, the sort of coffee tones and cream tones. And well, my uh, my screen shows everything is gray, so that's why I'm trying to understand yeah. what you're really proposing. And um, and I'm sorry I wasn't able to go to City Hall to look at your actual material board. Well, that would be the best way to to see the actual colors. The screens sometimes distort uh, color pretty dramatically, so. Um, okay, um, so one of the things I, I kind of asked about last time, I believe, is the surface parking. Um, you know, you have the head-on parking on the south side, more head-on parking on the west side, and then you have, um, you know, some sort of perimeter landscaping at the very edge before you get to the beach. Um, and um, was there any thought of actually doing something? I don't know. I can't even remember what I mentioned last time. Like more like, you know, configuration, like a on-street parking instead of the head, you know, head-in parking. We would we would not meet the parking requirements um, if we if we had the head-in parking as parallel parking. Mm -hmm. And, and, and actually, 
even if if even if the parking was double sided, like on both sides of the aisle. Correct. We would not meet the parking requirements, and as we have it now, almost half of the parking is um, in the below grade garage. So we're minimizing as much as possible the surface parking and providing the the tree islands too. Hmm. Um, and can you speak to the uh, perimeter landscaping on the south property line? Are you using that for some sort of a screening? It's it's primarily to kind of soften the building from the park side. So they're they're. Um, nice uh, native trees all along that edge. And any understory? Yeah, the understory will be, uh, there'll be a fence along that property line and it'll uh, screen out and soften that. Um, again, primarily native trees, but maybe where the number 17 is, uh, on either side, there'd be accent planting there. And then at the entry itself, there'd be the introduction of color in those kind of primary other areas. But, but mostly uh, native planting along these edges. And there's a, a certain amount of color with that also. Mm -hmm. And um, regarding your roof profile or silhouette, have you ever like considered, you know, in terms of softening and, and you know, and uh, mitigating for the height of your building, you know, in, in the context of you requesting for the DRB to grant you a 13 foot additional height, you know, have you considered maybe more of a gabled roof profile? Because when I, when I look around that area, everything is, is definitely more gabled. And I mean, even the, you know, the bathhouses and the, the bathrooms at the beach, they, they even made an effort to make those structures a lot more, um, I don't know what the term is, but definitely more appealing by having the gabled roofs. Well, I think we would probably use up all of that 13 feet to put a gable roof on this project. and on a two-story building um, the projects across the street as part of Juanita village the taller buildings i think are all flat roof most of the contemporary newer multi-story buildings are flat roof the only gable roof i think that i saw was in the um, three-story townhouses across the street which had the additional height to be able to do that Right. And one and one thing that the the um, low slope roof does get us is this resident amenity area on the roof, which is actually pretty substantial. And then we also have a significant photovoltaic array, which helps us with um, the lead platinum rating and and also just uh, sustainable energy production. And that is um, let me get the rendering up. Yeah, so we're able to we're able to do the photovoltaic array. So your PVs are actually flat instead of angled. These are they're angled, but they oh. sit directly on the roof. They're not like on a superstructure. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Um, I think I've I've, uh, I've asked all my questions. If you have the time, I don't I don't know if you were able to figure out the 
impervious area. That would be the other thing that I'd like Did to. you want that as a total area or as a uh, percentage of the site area? Uh, net, net increase from what it what's there now to what you're adding. Oh, okay, misunderstood. Yeah. I think that's probably something we'd have to follow up with and kind of dig through right. and find find okay. the existing impervious. Right, and and this these diagrams um, start to show where the existing uh -huh. kind of um, impervious is in the buffer area, and so so all of this is degrading the the existing buffer, and then um, so the new the new boundary will all be improved and then so we're it's kind of like we're consolidating the impervious area yeah to be, you, to be outside of that that well, area I, I suspect that you're probably increasing the the pervious because of that wetland but in this you can see you're taking out a lot of trees which means that those are currently pervious and so i just want to know if my hunch is correct We'll have to. We would have to follow up. I don't think we have that that number mm -hmm. um, at our fingertips. All right. Thank you. That's all I have. Thank you, Amy. Um, Fatima, you'd like to go next? No, no questions. All right. Um, Randall. Okay. Thank you. Like uh, compliment team on their presentation, and thank you very much. I'm, I'm pretty much going to limit my questions to, you know, really going back to several of the questions that I asked Jennifer on staff is looking at the uh, the additional 13 feet and looking at superior architecture and human scale. And so if you can go back to your pages of the presentation that represent this, and I think it's like 15 or something like that. This one? Yeah, that one here. Uh, go through again as to, I, I guess I'm, I'm sitting on the fence right now trying to say, okay, what is superior design? And and your articulation that you've done, yes, that's, that's greater than most projects or almost all projects that we see. But when we get into the finished materials and this type of thing, and say, okay, be more, you know, uh, probably more expansive or some sort of level of material. But yet, when you're using hardy plank, hardy board, and brick, we see that on about every project. And so, I'm, I'm just trying to grasp. I need, uh, I guess, my question to you is: is go through this this slide again and just really determine really give me a better feel for how you are making this superior I'm, I, I'm having a hard time getting there okay well <clears throat> you you mentioned um the superior uh, attention to modulation and the number of recesses the sort of major minor uh, modulation that we've incorporated on all four sides of the building. Um, you know, the typical windows are floor to ceiling windows. They're, you know, have a 
head of HV were using black sash, which you don't typically see on a project because of the additional expense of doing that. Uh, the really crisp articulation of the panelized uh, aspects of both the, the bays and uh, the recesses, uh, the, the way that the uh, brisolets that happen at the top of the recesses that knit the bays together by, you know, uh, transitioning between them, um, the use of high quality materials and attention to detail, uh, the quality of the landscaping, uh, the restoration of the wetland buffer and stream buffer, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the higher than uh, normal windows that happen all across the uh, first floor. So we have a 14 foot floor to floor and I believe our window head is at 10 feet or 10 foot six, Kyle. I don't recall exactly what that is. Um, and the, the residential units that occupy the west side of that first floor will also have that additional window height uh, for, you know, uh, really a wonderful effect to complement the higher ceilings that we have within the uh, typical floors. Um, <clears throat> and Bethany, you might you might zoom in on um, maybe like the, the building entry and the elevation in the, in the bottom right there and that main brick bay, for example. Um, here you're seeing that floor to ceiling glazing. Um, even if you zoom in on the brick a little bit more, hopefully it's not hopefully it's not too grainy. Um, but there's a horizontal brick in the main um, kind of expression of the structure, and then the brick rotates and becomes vertical and is recessed back a few inches um, in between the windows. So there's really a lot of depth happening in that area, the, the ground floor uh, windows in that zone set back an additional, um, I think like eight inches from that even. So it's like a full foot. So you get these this really, you know, deep, you know, elements in the brick, including those um, those balconies there. So that's just you know, one example of the the kind of detailing that we're that we're looking at. And okay. similarly, the the reveal pattern on the Hardy adds a lot of texture and um, interest without without a lot of like material change or you know a lot of busyness, while also giving the um, the unit vents, which you know can get out of hand easily, um, a place to exist. And those and are the glass balconies, uh, the way that they're detailed so that the glass goes from the railing all the way to the bottom of the deck structure so that it comes off as a single piece. All these are, you know, uh, details that take a lot of work and finesse uh, to pull them off and are not uh, inexpensive to do, but add to the sense of quality and timelessness that we been trying to bring into this project. Okay, I, I I see that. I mean, the the packet we have here doesn't necessarily get into really that great a detail on these details. You know, recessed eight inches and different things like that. And so the you know so that that helps a lot. Yeah, a lot of these details are you know, we don't see on other projects. And so I just I'm just trying to follow through on that and just see where that is. Yeah, that's a good uh, question. That, that basically concludes my questions. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Randall. Uh, I'll I'll be next. Um, so I have a few uh, questions. Uh, can you um, indicate on the plan how you're trying to create the street activation? Uh, I know that you have a path that connects to the park, uh, but other than that, where are the amenities or where are the pedestrian elements that make it more active than what it is right now? On on the on the street frontages, you mean specifically? Yes. Yeah. So we are adding sidewalk along 120th. There's not currently pedestrian act. Um, or at least safe <laughs> pedestrian access along that along that street. And so this is all part of the project. And so there's sidewalk added um, all along the north and then this along the kind of northeast portion. Um, and then on 97th, there's also street improvements and that's being coordinated with the with the public works about what that what that frontage looks like. Um, we talked about the added parallel parking stalls. Let me go back to that slide. Um, so this bulb uh, creates some some public parking along that side, and that will start to to get public um, walking along that along that sidewalk edge. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Uh, so you have a very long uh, sidewalk. Um, have you considered adding uh, benches? or uh, points for looking at basically the buffer area. I know that this this kind of like one, basically the, the entire project is uh, rotating um, around the, this buffer. And uh, just regarding the street activation, I mean, probably the sidewalk uh, doesn't really add that much. I mean, you're adding sidewalk, but uh, whenever we talk about activation, uh, it doesn't provide any points for pedestrians basically looking at the, all the improvements, all the work that you guys are doing over there. So I'm just looking for that type of um, of uh, additional activation, if you want to say it like that. This is a senior right. assisted living, right? So I'm guessing that this is it's a really long uh, sidewalk. So maybe benches or points right. that could help activate those areas as well would be yeah, beneficial. So it's it's independent living. It's not it's not assisted. Oh, okay. But um, but it is for seniors. And mm -hmm. and I think I think part of the issue with having benches or bulbs along here is it's not actually on our property. So the question of like who's going to maintain it, who it belongs to after the fact, um, and you know I think we would consider that it's an it's an owner kind of negotiation with the city, but I think it's a possibility. And uh, just quick question for the staff um, uh, for the city of Kirkland. Can that happen um, just due to the fact of this property being uh, developed, uh, John or Jennifer? So which component of it, Carlos? Uh, just um, so um, um, just long story short, uh, they are adding a sidewalk here. Right, uh, right. We were asking for a street activation just as part oh, right. of kind of like the parts of elements of superior design. So uh, since um, these areas are not part of the property are outside the property line, um, there's a question of who's gonna maintain them and all that. 
is there a possibility that the city could work with the applicant to coordinate these and get into an agreement? You want to take that, Jen, or me? <laughs> um, I have maybe both of us. Um, I did have a little bit of insight because I'd been working with the public works reviewer on this and kind of reading through some of their commentary as well. And I think possibly um, for the applicant team, there was an earlier iteration of exactly that having almost like a um, like a landing spot, right? Kind of on that north. Am I, I see some head nodding, right? Um, so almost like a um, observation area. Yeah, that would have been located there. Um, and so I had talked with public works staff about it a little bit and they were agreeable to, yep, you know, that could be a space um, where that element could go as far as the actual how that's navigated with maintenance. Do you have some insights on that, John? Oh, as far as maintenance goes, I think well, I have two comments, I guess. One is um, there probably have to be some sort of an agreement between the city and the applicant as far as the maintenance goes. The, the city probably would most likely want the applicant to maintain it. Um, so there'll probably have to be some sort of uh, um, either right away use type of agreement or permit kind of situation. Uh, the other comment I had was that we just have to also confirm, Carlos, if it complies with our Chapter 90 rules um, in terms of improvements that can be in a buffer, even though it's in the right of way, uh, as well as even just even with the sidewalk, we'd have to just make sure everything conforms with Chapter 90, so which is our critical areas code. So there is a possibility there, but we'd have to explore that with both public works and the applicant as it relates to the what's allowed. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and going back to the applicant on 97th Avenue Northeast, uh, you're pretty much aligned with uh, your property there at the and the green areas. Uh, is there a chance that you could add seating um, for pedestrians? Um, let me go back to this. I mean, possibly like between the the tree um, planting areas. Is that what you're? Is that what you're asking? Oh or well, I guess on the, the, I'll let I'll let you I'll let you decide that. But just uh, the fact to adding um, additional activation, this will kind of like help the streets rather than being just long street. It could um, create these small pockets. So I, I guess that the question is uh, if the applicant would be open to adding uh, or exploring that alternative. I, th I think so. Paul, do you have any um, thoughts about that? Uh, we can take a look at that. Okay. Um, regarding uh, site lighting, I, I believe that I saw in the package uh, a plan um, of like uh, identifying some locations. I couldn't see a specific light fixtures or uh, models that are intended to be used uh, throughout the, uh, well, uh, basically around the property and throughout the interior areas of the property around the building. Could you elaborate on what type of uh, light fixture models are you in proposing to use here? For, for the exterior lighting? 
Yes. Yeah, we have we haven't selected the fixture types yet, but they will be the night sky compliance, um, and or low kind of bollard bollard lights, and then along the street frontages, they'll they'll be the standard um, based on City of Kirkland uh, requirements. Okay. Um... Now, uh, going back to the solar analysis, I know that I heard that uh, during the first uh, conceptual design conference, you guys presented a solar study. Did that solar study have any uh, modifications to what you guys are presenting right now in terms of massing? Or no. is it the it, same? It would, it would have been the same because it, it, this was this was the option three uh, okay. mapping that was presented in that in that packet. So this, the solar study would have been the same. So adding additional height, uh, pretty much you guys are adding uh, 54, I think is where the rooftop is and 39 where there's no rooftop. Uh, the, the north portion of the property is gonna receive a lot of shade. Um, has the landscape uh, architect or whoever is reviewing that, um, verified if the existing um, vegetation is not going to be altered to due to that additional uh, shade that is going to cast the building throughout the year, especially during winter. Jerry, do you want to speak to that? Sure, yeah. I think um, uh, this side of the building, I believe we have a, a, a fire pit location to help kind of warm things up. Uh, we'll also keep the plant materials fairly low on the other side of the um, the pathway so that um, light gets in. And I, I really, I, I love the colors of the building because I think they're very uh, elegant in nature uh, and the landscape really fit with them. But I think that's going to help with that light character that we're looking for on this side of the building. And regarding just the species that are there or that you guys are intending to plant there, are there going to be any problems with the new shade that is, the building is going to create or cast? No, no, not at all. Uh, in fact, all the plant materials are selected uh, to work with that condition of the application. Is that is there an um, a refined uh, landscape plan identifying the species that are intended to be planted on the north side, especially the ones that are closer to the building? Uh, no, we're not at that point yet, but the plant material would be like Mahonia, which is a, a native, and there are several different lower heights and taller heights. Uh, a lot of the native ferns all kind of grow in this condition. Those are the plants we're currently looking at for this area. Mm -hmm. So if anything, we're kind of lucky because the natives actually thrive in that condition. So uh, on this side of the building, we're, we're in a good position with plant material. Thank you. And uh, Bethany, uh, could you go back to the site plan, the general site plan. I'm trying to identify the um, trash enclosure or the waste connection uh, where that's being proposed currently. Yeah, so actually we have a diagram for that specifically. Um, let me find it. Down a little bit, one more down. Uh, here we go. So the, the storage is all within the building. 
and then okay. and then the staging for pickup day is here on here on the northwest mm -hmm. so this is not the storage area um this is just for temporary right yeah exactly yeah, like, okay. like overnight or whatever depending on um the time that the and, and what is the white comes. rectangle that is next to the staging area? oh this it's the transformer and the generator okay yeah and it okay. it is greened it has an enclosure around it uh, what is the material that you are guys are proposing for the enclosure of that we have not come to that um level of detail yet <laughs> no worries I'm, and for the uh fence that is gonna be facing uh the south uh property line uh what type of material and height are you guys proposing there yeah jerry do you want to speak to that yeah, on this on this side we have a, a six foot tall fence. As you get closer to the entry, it drops in scale. Uh, and right now we're looking at uh, a few different options. But I know uh, cedar is one that's been considered, and it would run horizontally with the building patterns to to kind of complement things. And again, we're we'd like to kind of have the landscape almost make that disappear as much as possible, so it's not a a strong element, if you know what I mean. Okay, and I'm. Um, assuming that that cedar is going to be the same that you're going to install on 97th Avenue, kind of like in front of the units where the patios are? Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, potentially. And but again, we're kind of not into the details, but yeah, that that's that's certainly a consideration just so it's all unified. Okay. I, I think it's a good point, Carlos. Okay, and uh, last question. Um, how are you intending to the limitate um, the public versus the private area. Basically, how are, are you guys gonna impede that um, pedestrians walk into the private area to just use that uh, green space and uh, basically all the trail that you have on north north side? Well, there's a, a lot of landscape in there. I think primarily that landscape is gonna make a, a, a big difference in terms of accessing through there. So uh, the goal is to put this uh, wetland back and these areas aren't really wet as you get close to the building. So it'll be very strongly planted with lots of plant materials. Uh, and, and we're still looking uh, at, at potentially a, a fence of some sort along those edges also, especially on the north side because the change in elevation along that new uh, sidewalk is, is pretty dramatic and maybe there's a, a rail of sorts there as we kind of yeah, look through mm -hmm. that. Okay, so that hasn't been defined, but you guys are anticipating to add a fence throughout the entire property where the uh, buffer is, right? Potentially, yeah, yeah. And on the south, um, this is disconnecting to the park. There's a so fence to that whole length. Okay, so it's going to be gated, right? And it's going to be on, uh, for pedestrians only? You, you can see the gate there underneath the oh, okay, yeah. So that's the gate and that's that access that will work out with the Parks Department. But you can see the little X there for the fence line there. Okay. And um, so I had uh, earlier uh, visited the um, City Hall, took a look at the materials that you guys are proposing. I couldn't identify the material for the balconies, uh, the type of glass, the type of a structure, if there's going to be a fascia, uh, what is going to be the underside of the 
balconies. Uh, there's also a louver um, system, kind of like the uh, canopy on top. I didn't see the materials for that as well. Could you elaborate more on those? The renderings show kind of like a paper uh, balcony structure. It's very thin. So just wondering how those are going to be supported and what type of materials are going to be used. That might help to go to, oh yeah, there on the right, actually, the, the section detail there. Mm. Um, if you zoom in, you can kind of see how we have the, the structure itself. There's like a, a C channel out at the edge and a decking material. It's a, a, comp a composite decking uh, product. Um, and then we're actually extending the railing down in front of that whole element. Um, so it creates a really kind of sharp look um, down at the bottom. The, so you don't have kind of the the chunkiness of of um, a typical railing setup, I guess. Um, does that help? Yeah. Is the railing going to be glass or? Yes. Yes, it's glass. Okay. And uh, so, regarding the um, uh, different material uh, requirements, kind of like the um, the type of that you guys selected. Um, do you have an approximate of what is um, basically the, the board and what is the brick in terms of percentage of the overall building? I'm just trying to understand what, what, what is the variety of building materials that you guys are using. To me, I went to, uh, to, to the city and the C1, the C2, the P1, those were only paint samples, but it said composite panel, the accent panel, I'm guessing that is a composite panel. Uh, I don't know if you guys are planning to use the hardy board slab siding is also a composite panel. So in reality, you guys only have composite and brick. Is that correct? There's there's the hardy siding, the brick, and then the accent panel, and then the um, the window frames are black, and then the the balconies are the black painted um, aluminum with the glass. And, and what is the percentage of the accent the panel versus the um, composite uh, versus the brick? I, I, I don't have those numbers. Um, I mean, the, the accent panels are, are within the window um, vertical kind of grouping. And so, yeah, I I don't know I don't know the numbers offhand. Okay, uh, those are all my questions. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Um, to continue with this, um, now it will be the time for anyone in the audience to make any comments or questions on this project specifically. Um, Jennifer, um, can I? I just have one more question. Oh yeah, go ahead, Supraya. Um. Is the Rissolet on all the top balconies or only on a few of them? It occurs, go ahead, Oh, I was gonna say it, it's currently on all of the top balconies, although we're considering not having it on the north since that there's no sun exposure on the north. So they're not um, as functional. Okay, well, the, the reason I was asking is because then, you know, considering our weather um, during the winter, those balconies are probably not going to be useful. Right, they're going to get wet. 
they're going to get wet, right? Yeah. That's all I had, Carlos. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I will elaborate on that just for a moment. And, and we, we debated that um, internally quite a bit. Um, but by enclosing them forces a certain amount of sprinkler and uh, uh, requirements uh, for those those brisolet elements. And so we thought that by doing that, it, it creates a very deep profile that becomes it, it's no longer kind of a, a refined, thin, you know, uh, kind of sophisticated accent, it becomes a, a really chunky roof element. And we thought that that was the wrong approach here. Okay. And and Kyle, just talking about um, rain and all that, um, all the water that accumulates on the roof is going to be eroded through a drain that is appearing to be on the in internal, yep. internal side of the, the walls. And also, for uh, these balconies, uh, are there going to be any drainage system? They're they're drip through, so there there's spaces between the tracks where there's a little bit of drainage. Okay. And, and I then, have. To... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Um, that's also related to some of those life safety and sprinkler requirements as to how much smoke um, accumulation can be from one floor to the other. Okay. And Tyler, do you wanted to ask something? No, I just, I feel like that sort of contradicts the, the trendy comment because without that during the wintertime, it makes us less accessible, but it, I see what they're saying. It doesn't make it sort of an aesthetic look to it. Yeah. But it it's very, yeah. Yeah, we can take that on the um, discussion uh, later, but thanks. Um, all right, um, let's keep going. Uh, so uh, Jennifer, um, do we have anyone um, in the list uh, from the audience that want to make any comments or questions to the applicant about this project? Um, I don't have um, the ability to see if we have audience members, but I think John does. Yes. Um, so, Jen, you could actually click on participants down below. It should be able to bring it up. Anyways, we do have four members uh in the attendees group uh let's see so if you would like to um provide public comment on the project please raise your hand um and then you would have three minutes to provide your comments so carlos i do not see anyone raising their hand so you can continue all right. Um, there's none. Um, I guess that we'll uh, proceed to deliberation. Uh, so this is going to be the time for the board um, to um, deliberate on this project. Um, as a reminder uh, to all the board members, um, on tonight's uh, deliberation, we are going to be uh, making special emphasis on building massing, um, pedestrian access, uh, plus a design, landscaping, and materials. Um, so. Um, I guess that Supriya, <laughs> would you like to start? Um, I guess that I, from what I heard uh, mm -hmm. earlier, um, you have concerns with um, the colors and the material selection. So, would you like to elaborate on that? Sure. I think, you know, looking at the superior architectural techniques, um, 
that was talked about earlier, I think the modulation is there, um, but I'm not seeing um, the color palette that's chosen to reflect that. And there's a discussion about this being a vibrant community and I'm just not seeing that being reflected in the color palette. Um, you know, the gray brick against, even if they're warm tones, we we all live in a, you know, gray environment for nine months. And I think there can be um, more, a um, little bit more color added to um, the building design to create that superior uh, color palette in terms of materials as well. If there was more uh, diversity in materials and textures. Uh, I'm just not seeing that richness there. Um, the other was uh, more details on the hardscape um, and colors and textures in the hardscape design uh, that could be used to create uh, or enhance the pedestrian experience. Um, I know there's been thought given to what is happening in the wetland, but I think the other pedestrian areas, uh, I'm, I'm not clear on what materials are used and color palette for that. Same thing with the lighting design, the exterior lighting design and what luminaires types and how they integrate with the building, as well as on the north and um, the east side. Um, and then, you know, with the Brissolet, I think it's a interesting design. I just don't know how it works with the building. It feels like it's stuck on and there's not really, it's not integrated with anything else. If it's the, if they're going to reflect the, the Louvre style with something else going on in the building, I think, uh, to me, uh, it would be more, uh, more attractive. Um, so more details on, you know, uh, how the, how it can be a more superior architectural um, impression. Those are kind of my uh, bullet points. Thank you, Supriya. And uh, I, I got to say that uh, whenever I was at the city hall, I was expecting more textures. I know that uh, the applicant is trying to add the accent panels and the brick. But looking at them in real life, they sort of blend. And once you step back um, further, especially since there are going to be gates, you're not going to be able to really differentiate from one to the other. Uh, so I guess that uh, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, Randall, um, what are your thoughts or comments? Uh really got kind of two main two main comments and it, it gets back to I think as far as when we talk superior architecture and you talk at the the articulation as to how far they've set the balconies in and modulated the facade and that is is much much greater than what we see and it's very usable uh, in its format and that but the additional details, one thing that I'm not quite sure of is, is that we've had an explanation of details of windows being set back eight inches and different things happening there, but it's not necessarily detailed on the, 
on, on this set. And so we may want to see that they memorialize that particular aspect of it as to that the long list that uh, that we were given as to what, you know, I think as Jim that gave us had this list of about five or six, seven different things, window sizing, you know, floor to ceiling, you know, black sash, this type of thing, but really memorializing those so that as the project moves forward, staff can follow through on that and and we maintain that. The other the other aspect is in regards to massing. And I don't where we've got the 15 foot of the stair the stair uh, extensions coming up to the roof and then we've got the amenity space in the roof. It doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't fit when you look at the first three stories of the building and then you look at the, how that goes together. It's just placed there. There's no real, I, I just don't see it as a reason for how that blends in. Now, I know as you move around the building, you're going to see it a little bit differently, but is there a way that that ties into or that massing on the roof actually ties into to the building? Because it just, to me, it just appears, you know, they just said we need a certain size of an immensity room. Here's the room. It's next to the stairs. We're done. And I just, from a superior point of view, I just, it just, as you look at the elevations, it, it bothers me. Uh, it just doesn't, doesn't tend to make sense. Or it just doesn't, it just seems to hang out there. So I'm just, you know, and, you know, just being able to secure the details, I think uh, superior aspect of it in the massing portion and the recesses and articulation, that is good. Uh, again, I would have to agree that the color palette, you know, maybe look at that and get a, probably a more richer color to it uh, is what I, I would like to see. And then just the memorialization of the the details just to make sure that we're secure on that, you know, because like the detail where they're bringing the glass down in front of the balcony structure, wonderful detail. And it really does, it just doesn't have a black line there with glass setting on top of it. You know, it's a wonderful detail. And that does show up on one of their building sections. But again, it's just bringing, being able to bring that the rest of the way through the project. And, and making sure that that's that's what we end up with at the end. So Randall, that's my I, comments. I I I, I gotta say something. So part of of this, uh, I guess that the um, additional height exception is uh, to see how um, this additional height is mitigated by design techniques. Um, they are, I guess, proposing uh, the rooftop. A structure. I'm just looking at the renderings. It's page 28, and uh, from from uh, I guess the uh, pedestrian experience doesn't look that that intrusive. Whenever you are closer to the building, I guess that if you step farther, you start noticing the the volume more and more. Uh, I don't know if that can be mitigated with landscaping. Um, on the rooftop, if maybe 
those can, could, could turn into green areas and basically all the um, landscaping could hide that. We know that this area, uh, Infinita um, area is basically heavily green. So maybe trying to, they, they are already adding a green roof. So, so maybe it would be beneficial if the um, planting or any potential trees or tall shrubs could start hiding those uh, volumes. Would that be acceptable to you or? It's, I, I'm not sure trying to hide something with rooftop landscaping is where we want to go. But when you when you look at this building and it's got park space in front of it, so its visibility isn't one that's going to be covered up. It's going to be seen. And so so the architectural superiority on this project, they've got a wonderful palette to work with and a wonderful place space to work with to make this building stand out because you will see it is a matter that if you're at the front door yes you aren't going to see the massing on the roof but as you drive down where i needed to drive you're going to see the massing on the roof and and it's there and so uh, as you drive around that neighborhood that's what you're going to see and so i just i'm just looking at it that I mean, I would like them to take a little bit better look at how that ties into maybe it's what they call the tower, where they got the brick tower coming up, and does that peel off and go back? Does that come up and over? To how do how do they tie that together uh, right. so that it just doesn't look like there's a block set on top of the top of the building? Because it is, it in most cases, most buildings you probably would never see this. But in this right. particular case, when you're out on Juanita Drive and then coming down 97th towards it, you see it. It's wide open. Yeah, I, I see. You want some. You want the tower basically to react to the architectural language that they right. are bringing. That it doesn't look that it's just That's, something that they added because the stairs are there, but it looks intentional and it ties to the massing and the materiality that they are carrying throughout those areas or those sections. Yeah, very good. Very well stated. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Randall. Uh, Fatima? I think that uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see Fatima online. Yeah, I'm looking at the list. I don't see her. <laughs> Okay, maybe, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Maybe we'll <laughs> let's try and reach out. I don't know. We'll okay, see. I'll yeah. I'll continue and yeah. see if uh, she reconnects. I'll look into her. Okay, uh, Amy, um, do you have any comments? Uh, so from what I heard, um, you were talking about um, just the landscaping and. Uh, basically the site, right? Is there anything uh, like the, the main thing that you would like to, uh, yeah, the applicant I, to recommend or to make Yeah, any? so um, the advantage of being one of the last to speak is I got to hear what the other um, DRB members have expressed. Um, I really appreciate what Randall said about how, you know, uh, what's kind of unique about your um, this site is that because of the beach, uh, yeah, you're gonna see the entire roof. 
Um, and um, and I appreciate what Tyler mentioned. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating these because I agree with all of them, um, you know, regarding the architecture character. Uh, so I, I wanted to say, um, you know, my, my comments will be very broad because I think hopefully this is helpful. Um, you know, I think um, the, the, the applicant needs to start with really understanding the context. Uh, what I struggle with with this design is the site plan doesn't really respond to the context of what's around it. The building's character doesn't really respond to the neighborhood. Um, you know, I totally respect the designer's vision. Um, you know, everyone's entitled to their vision. But I think this is one situation where you almost have to put aside your vision and really think about what are you giving the community? Uh, it may not be what you like, but it may be what the community likes. And, um, it, you know, and so, and, and maybe start with um, just thinking about the bathhouses, um, you know. I mean, um... those are, can Those can I um, make a suggestion? I, I guess that uh, there there are a few things that uh, we just need to check um, tonight, which are related to building massing. So starting from from that one, what would you like to see for building massing? So so I I honestly the reason why I'm saying this is because I don't want to get into the details of materials and and how how you you you're articulating the the building when i don't honestly feel like this building is superior in terms of mm. how i view superior which is it's not just about the massing it's not just about the materials it's about how does this fit in the context of the neighborhood um and especially when you're okay so you're asking me to determine whether adding an extra floor um, and just by tweaking your massing and your articulation is good enough. Um, and what I'm saying is that the reason why the, there's the DRB is because we're supposed to determine whether or not this design is, I mean, you know, um, you know, like what Tyler was saying, it looks like another project somewhere in the city, right? Or, and so for me, it's like, does that make it superior? Um, I struggle with that, you know, to say that it's superior. Um, and, and so what I'm trying to say is um, before I can even get to the level of details of materials and color and, um, you know, whether or not they use, you know, some wonderful detailing on the bristle or, you know, um, the brick. Um, uh, I, I need to see how they're really responding to the context. And I don't see that. So okay, that, yeah, that's I, where I, I'm at. I, I think that uh, it was tied to Tyler's comment. Uh, from what I heard, he was mentioning neighborhood character. Uh, I, I see what you're saying that it doesn't feel that it kind of like carries that character, correct? Right, and and I don't um, I don't expect you guys to to look at the you know the you know, as you say, you, you don't you don't think gabled roofs will work. If it's not going to work, then I'd like to see something else. But it has to be something that's not your everywhere, anywhere type of 
architecture design. You know, I, 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 really, I really don't see how this is, you know, it, this fits the um, context. And regarding um, landscaping, pedestrian access, and plaza design, I think that those are all related to site. Do you have any comments on those? So I did. I did bring up earlier that the um, the edge that interfaces or 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 is across the street from Juanita Village. I'd like to see um, more connections from those units to the sidewalk um, to make it feel more like an urban street edge instead of a very suburban bermed street edge. Um, you know, the um, the south edge, I'm not really sure what else can be done there. Um, you know, a fence is not very appealing. And so I guess the only option there is, you know, for me to see what kind of landscaping will be provided there to make it maybe soften that edge as it transitions to the beach part, um, you know, instead of seeing a fence. Um, uh, as far as, and, and so, yeah, so I, I, I refrain from talking about the architecture just because I, I just think that we need to see something different than what they're showing us. Okay. And uh, I know that you refrain from talking about architecture, but for the material palette and the applicant submitted initial thoughts on it. I'm not asking kind of like to go into specifics, but if there's one recommendation that you could provide to them. Um, again, be... I'd like I'd like to let them let them choose the the material palette once they come up with um, you know uh, a, a style or a design that you know, because I don't want to tell them, I want you to use brick, right? If they can come up with something that really is an exciting design, but doesn't use brick, I'll, I'll be open to that. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see something, you know, in the spirit of, again, and when you think about, I'm, I'm just using the bathhouses as an example, because I was so pleasantly surprised when I saw that. You know, because we, you know, we don't normally see fantastic, you know, public amenities designed like that. If you if you think about the 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 changing room or the 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 um the 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 what's they call this the toilets at the um at Marina Park, it's just so atrociously ugly. And then you come here and you see what. Juanita Beach got. I mean, it's just amazing. And so all I'm just trying, you know, I, you know, what I would really encourage the applicants to do is really come up with something inspiring, something, something in the same spirit of those bathhouses, something that are extraordinary. Okay. All right. And uh, do you want to add anything else? So I, I, I did want to, um, obviously they're required to enhance the, the wetlands. And so, um, you know, I really appreciate that they did, um, 
you know, make an effort to work it out to provide a trail at, at least in the outer 25 feet of the wetland. So at least it becomes an amenity, not just for their residents, but for the public. I, I think that that is private. Oh, it's private, so it's not even accessible to the public. Oh, okay, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> and I'm just gonna ask Kyle, um, the applicant, um, Am I correct about that, Kyle? Correct. That's it is, private? It is private. Okay, thank you. Yeah, by me, that's private. That's why I was asking about the north and the um, east portions. Well, plan northeast, because the pedestrians, I guess that for activation, uh, the trail is <laughs> not going to be available for, for them. So just to try to get back I mean, the, the 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 buffer is getting improved, uh, significantly improved, uh, as the applicant showed. So, uh, I, that's why I was that was my comment. But um, all right, thank you, um, Tyler. Uh, yes, um, and thank you, Amy, uh, for that as well. Uh, I I definitely feel like you and I are definitely in sync when it comes to a lot of the comments. Um, that you've had as well. So I'll start with the things that I do appreciate the applicant and that I'm I'm happy about. I think that you guys really took into consideration what we were talking about as far as the wetlands working when it comes to the Green Ridge um, around the area and the community and the vegetation. Um, I think that's definitely a huge attribute. And I think that you guys are really taking that seriously when it comes to building the structure. And the structure itself, I... I don't have any issues with, I like that area. Um, also, when it comes to the safety regulations, you're thinking about the people that are gonna be moving in there as a senior independent living, you're looking at the community. Um, I do think that you guys could still probably work a little bit as far as, as what Carlos was mentioning, as far as that restriction between the residents and also the public pedestrians. Um, but I do know that you guys have definitely been working on that. Um, so. This is a personal aspect to it. So this senior community that you guys are building on this on this particular piece of land, I grew up down the street from the German senior living community. So I know Juanita very well, especially this area. Um, I know all the communities around it. And I also know all of the builders and management of the facilities that you're talking about. You're mentioning Waterscape and the similarities there. You're mentioning the Sailhouse or Salix, whatever their name was at the time. Um, Waterscape got a lot of complaints from the community of how it was built and how it reconciled with the area around. So that, I just want to say, is not the best example to work around. All right. Um, I understand that we have to adapt. I understand that we have to evolve. But I also very much agree with what Amy has been saying is that it does not what we're seeing, the specs that we have been given does not really coincide with the community that well. And Amy gave a very great example talking about the um, the bathhouse that is on Juanita Beach. Before that, it was not that great of an area. I mean, it was it was great for kids, but the the bathroom areas they they weren't that great. And now what they've done is a beautiful job. But they also worked with the area around them, the natural 
uh, Woods that the the basically the concept of involving something that's more contemporary, but also something that fits and complements the community. I know this because my kids love going there. What I'm seeing is another again. It, it feels like a copy and paste from another uh, uh, another construct and concept that we have seen in downtown Kirkland, and downtown Kirkland is a bit different from Juanita. That's not a good area to mirror. The other part too is that um, when we are talking about you, the townhome and, and a modern look of the townhome, I'm just not seeing that. There's a complete disconnect. When I see, when, when you say a townhome vibe, I'm not seeing that in any of the concepts or even the materials. So I think that you guys need to take a look back and, and reevaluate and see if there's a better way to propose that or at least show us that from what you have with the materials. Um, the other part that Fatima pointed out when it comes to the roofing or the, the upper area, nine months out of the year, it's usually raining. And I understand conceptual aspects. You want to have something that's going to be you know, contemporary, or it maybe doesn't look as appealing as if it was without, but I feel like you're missing a huge advantage there. Because again, nine months out of the year, it's raining, it's cold, but you have that ability to have visibility over the city. You have a visibility over the lake. So a lot of residents, and I, I, I mean, even if myself, if I was a resident, I would want to go up there to enjoy that even during the dark times. So coming up with a construct that might be, you know, aesthetically not as appealing, but giving an opportunity for the residents to go up there and enjoy that environment, even the dark times, even adding in like a fire pit, that's more, that's more of a win. And that feels like more of an investment for the people that are going to be moving in. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, you know, pretty, <laughs> you know, uh, price little area to, to, to live at. Um, so I think that you definitely need to reevaluate that. I think that, that that's a missed opportunity for the construct and, and also for the people that will eventually be going in there. Um, and then my final comment will definitely have to be at the materials. Um, even in the uh, package that we have all received, I feel like these materials are very cold. I'm not seeing anything that feels very warm. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's complementing too much when it comes to the environment around. So those are the areas that I have concern around. If I was to sit down and look at the ones that I have, I mean, the, 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 the materials that I would say that you definitely need to invest more into is the brick. And also, I think it was the C3 wood that you guys have. That was more of the um, aesthetic that was underneath the windows that you guys had originally. Uh, like what Amy was saying, like I, I would want that up above. I want to, I want to show off the. I would want to show more of a facade that it's not such a large three-story concept, and and just plain old white or soft white doesn't do it for me. So I would really, really work with the more natural brownstone kind of of, of material for that. Um, but like I said again, I mean I appreciate what you guys have done as far as working with the vegetation, um, the, the what you guys have as far as uh, the different trees and plants, I think that's great, you know, with the concept that you want to do. Um, but overall, that's that's my um, that's my feedback that I have Hello. for you guys. 
if you have to describe this area, the character of this area in a couple of words, uh, what would you, how would you describe that? Organic community. Thank you. Organic community. Thanks. Um, Fatima, I think that you're back. Um, so right now we are um, in the deliber deliberation process. I think that most of the board members have already expressed uh, their comments. I think that there's a lot of comments about um, the neighborhood character, uh, the material selection, and the um, I think is the street uh, or pedestrian activation. Uh, what do you think uh, about those topics? I agree with what most of you have said. Uh, I joined in back when Amy was talking and Tyler was talking. I, I would agree to most of it, especially the material part. It, it yeah, We need warmer tones. It's just, it, it feels very blank, like one. So like, like what everybody else said. So yeah, with the materials and with the, with the diff details and what Tyler was saying. So yeah, most of all, most of it has been said, and I agree with everybody. Okay, all right, thanks uh, for that comment. And uh, um, have you been there to that area very often, or do you go I there have, very often? I take my daughter to the park often. Yes, I have been to the area, and yes, as um, I it it does that building as of now, doesn't really sit in with the environment that is there. So I don't know with the materials or when they work up on it. How do you feel about the, the massing? The, I, I've, oh, yeah, I feel it's it's a big, like, big, I don't know, it's the modulation or the materials, but it as, as of now, it feels like a big, Chunk and it feels if you look at it from the front when we were looking uh, from the park side it looks very flat. Okay. Um, anything else that you want to add? <laughs> no, I agree with what most of everybody has said. So, yeah. All right. Just trying to gather all the comments. I, I think yeah. that the the main concern that we've been um, seeing is um, the character uh, and the material selection. Um, and uh, just going through all, all the comments that we received, pretty much um, is tying the neighborhood character to the building. I know that we went through the massing and the option tree from the other options that were presented uh, during the previous um, conceptual design conference um, was indicated to kind of like be uh, the most suitable option. But now that we are seeing the materiality on, on the building, uh, it doesn't feel that it's um, completely there. It, um, as I think that Amy and Tyler stated very well, um, the, the, the selection of the materials and the articulation of the architectural elements um, doesn't really tie to the neighborhood. And that's something that we are looking um, um, to review on this project. Uh, another of the items that uh, I think that I brought brought up is um, street activation, um, as pretty much the the 
site is going to be fenced out or is intended to be um, limited uh, to pedestrians. Uh, I think that the, there's a huge opportunity for the uh, applicant and the city to work together to, to make the north and the east uh, more pedestrian friendly, uh, to bring more character to the neighborhood, either that's through some uh, small structures or some uh, amenities for pedestrians. I think at the, the on 97th Street, which is kind of like the primary pedestrian area, um, it doesn't really resemble with the character and the uniqueness of of this site. And uh, the south the south is is pretty much exposed to to the park, and. Uh, I think that Randall had a good point about the, the structure, the rooftop structure, which um, doesn't seem intentional. So, um, and what I'm hearing from everyone is that we want to see that um, that interaction between the the three levels that are below and uh, the rooftop structure, how they interact. Um, Supriya uh, mentioned a, a few items that I also looking forward to, to see, which is a, a more refined lighting plan indicating uh, the type of um, lighting um, fixtures and the integration of those to the north and the uh, northeast, east uh, of the property. Hardscape, I think that we, we haven't even really touched about that or talked about that. Uh, how is that looking in terms of hardscape at uh, pedestrian-oriented spaces? Um, we haven't even seen uh, materials for that. Uh, throughout the building, uh, I saw several things that were not really clear and were not stated in the material sample uh, board that was submitted to the city. Um, for instance, the balconies. Uh, and uh, in general, I, I think that the, the applicant needs uh, more textures for this building. Uh, just looking at, at these, uh, they really, different materials are the brick and the composite panels. Um, I know that they are providing accent panels, but it's still a composite panel. And whenever you look at them um, from a long distance, they are going to start blending with the, with the brick. So there's not going to be a real appreciation of, of those different materials. So due to the scale, I guess, of, of, uh, of the project, it would be beneficial for the applicant to look into other type of materials. I, I know that uh, Amy Tyler expressed how the park that is in front of the lake uh, did a great, great job with those um, raw materials, kind of like the wood, different patterns. So maybe that's something that the applicant can uh, look into using more or, or diverse materials that can have or bring more texture as required for, for the proposed scale, as it looks like uh, you really need to be very close to the building to appreciate what the applicant is proposing at this time. Um, that being said, uh, I don't feel that the, that the board is ready to um, approve this project as we would like to see these items that I just uh, mentioned. Uh, Jennifer and uh, board members, just correct me if I'm wrong about that. But uh, we would like to request the applicant um, to come back and basically incorporate these items. So we would like to 
see a continuation of this um, design response conference. Jennifer or John, is, is that clear? Or do you guys need any additional information on that? I think that's clear. Um, I was taking some notes too. Maybe it, it would be worthwhile. I can brush through those really quickly just to make sure that we're on the same page. Carlos, you did a great job of summarizing, but I want to make sure mm -hmm. that we all got everything. Um, so I have a handful. So, um, so context, refining the design to respond to the organic community neighborhood feel. As far as superior architecture, updating the plans to include the details provided tonight. So we're talking about kind of those dimensions um, that Randall was getting at. Um, dimensions of materials in the bays, things like that. Rooftop amenities, exploring ways to incorporate the rooftop amenities in common room into the building design. Um, and, and making sure that there's perspectives of visuals from the park and the right of way to capture those views, um, exploring street activation opportunities, particularly along 97th, uh, updating the landscaping plan, making sure to include the species detail for the buffer, particularly where it gets closer into that building with the pathway and looking at uh, private versus public spaces. Uh, lighting, so providing lighting uh, fixture details. We've talked a good amount amount about materials. So incorporating more warmth, color, texture, diversity of building materials, additional focus on how those materials will read from a distance. Um, details on the materials for the hardscape and samples of canopy, balcony materials, or really anything, any other new items that might get incorporated into design updates, making sure that there's samples for you guys and percentage use of those materials. Um, Let's see, and exploring either material use or design to provide more year-round weather protection. And then also, um, Amy earlier on had mentioned lot coverage and was interested in that detail of the um, square footages of existing versus proposed. So that's what I had, which I think, um, did anyone have items or did I maybe miss something? So I'd like to emphasize that all of those are kit of parts. Um, and what I would really like to see is a, an alternative design concept, um, but that, um, as, you know, Tyler used the word organic. So something in, you know, you, you know, everyone kind of alluded to warm, warmer materials. And so that kind of feeds into that organic character. Um, but I, you know, I think that, um, yeah, I, I would like to see something that definitely, um, you know, uh, responds more to the fact that there is a beach there. There's, you know, this is a more, you know, uh, natural area. There's wetlands and, um, you know, and how this, you know, the site, <clears throat> how does the site um, respond to its neighbors and, um and and the uh, overall character of the building. I second that. And um, Amy, um, do you mean um, whenever you talk about um, alternative design or another option, is it uh, through building modulation, vertical and horizontal? I mean, uh, the height exception that they are requesting 
uh, it says that um, increased by 13 feet in if the impacts of the additional height are mitigated by design techniques that minimize the perceived building mass and achieve superior architectural and human scale. So for me, honestly, I would, so if, if we're gonna get to the strict definition, then I would like to see the top floor stepping back and whether or not that's even realistic for the applicant uh, is, you know, what I'm trying to do is not um, limit them to options. Um, so if we, we, and I appreciate, um, you know, Carlos, I appreciate you um, reading that part because for me, if we're talking about mitigating the, the, the height, then I would like to see either a step back or um, the gable roofs, um, and to that, to the, to what extent can, is that even be realistic for them? Um, let me uh, stop you over there, Supriya. How do you feel about that? So I wanted to just one clarification I wanted to give, which wasn't talked about before, because uh, but just about the right now about the, what uh, Amy is mentioning. Yeah, I think, I think what I heard in the presentation was that the concept was to have the building disappear and have the vegetation be uh, kind of more the more defined the project. But what we're hearing from the board is that's really not that's not realistic. You're going to see the building. You're going to feel it as you're going along 97 from the park, from Juanita Beach. And so that itself as a concept, that thought is completely different. And I think that's how the applicant needs to look at it. So do you feel that either that option of um, horizontal modulation could work to just reduce the, reduce the perceived uh, mass and scale of the building? I think that's, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. Right now, okay. the concept yeah. is that we're trying to hide the building and make it go yeah. away. And I think that's not what we're yeah. hearing today. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's saying. correct. Because because the, the, the height exception is actually for the 13 feet extra that they are requesting, which uh, I guess that uh, we all agree that right now um, the scale, um, I guess that uh, doesn't meet uh, the um, superior architectural and human scale requirement. And Randall, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure if we're backing ourselves into a corner here uh, <clears throat> a little bit because in the in the original uh, concept meeting, we looked at three massing models and we came back and we said massing model number three or whatever. And all three of those, when you go back to the original, if you look at the submittal package part one that had the, had the package that was uh, the previous submittal in April and page 26, which comes across the park and looks at the building. Now they've improved the elevation that is there and, and they've done work, but the question I have is that the city code may back us into something here that we can't 
that we can't make happen. Because when you look at the artic articulation, modulation, language within the code, they say that within so many feet, you need to have some vertical break or you need to have something else and you can read the specifics in the code. And when you look at this original drawing from back in April on the 26th, you look at this and that's what it does. It goes along so many feet, and then it has a brown section. It goes on white for so many feet. It has a brown section. And I mean, as Tyler is pointing out, it goes back to the same thing everybody's doing. But when you look at this site, this is a linear horizontal building. It's not a vertical building. Three stories doesn't get you vertical. If it's you know, if it's 60 feet long, three feet or three stories, yeah, you can start to pick up vertical. But I, the thing that's fighting me all the way through this is, is that we picked a design, a preliminary design or a conceptual design that I'm not sure we can back out of and, and move away from for something that really needs to be more horizontal. I mean, I look at this and I look at the, I look at the code, but you read the code and the massing of the code, and this is what the code says you need to do. But then we go back and we say we want superior design. And I'm, sometimes you got to break the rules and, and really look at it and come back with superior design. Because this, this building just, for me, Amy, you get into the gable roof, you get into some sort of rough form or something of that sort, it starts to go linear. And instead of trying to take a short, stubby building and go vertical. And so I, I just, I, I, that's what I, I deal with is that we have said, okay, option three back in April. And now we're, now we're looking at it going like, does that or does that not work? Or we can't seem to get it to work. And to me, it's that horizontal versus vertical. And this is not a vertical. Now you go across the street when you're six stories and you're squattier and, and not near as, you know, some of the lengths are as long, but it's broken up in such a manner that, yeah, you can go vertical. But that's what the code's written to, or the recommendations are written to, is to go vertical. And I just, I have a hard time with that. So I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how to state this to the applicant. I mean, we've, we brought it so far, and now we're trying to go back and say, okay, we want to do something. And I agree with everybody. It just doesn't, to, to say this is superior design, we're going to allow you to add 30% more square footage to your building for this design. I don't want to set a precedence on that because I don't see it. My comments. Randall. Um, picking up on what Tyler was saying earlier about the townhouses, because I had that idea to, too that, you know, when I my first reaction when I saw this next level of design development was, oh, I wonder if they could break it further more so that they you kind of have more of a feel like they're brownstones, you know, where they are vertical, but obviously. Um, you know, they would have different materials so that um, they look like townhouses as 
you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not as concerned about the horizontality versus the verticality. It's more of the, you know, what do, what do people think of as small scale, right? I mean, if you have townhouses, row houses, um, you know, walk-ups, um, those, you know, when I say walk-ups, I'm thinking more East Coast, not the woody walk-ups here. Um, you know, that people still embrace that as something that's residential and, and, um, and more human in scale. And Amy, I think that uh, just I'm just going through the notes. So per the last conceptual design conference meeting that was held in January, um, it seems that the DRB discussion geared towards um, a few recommendations that uh, we gave. And I guess the first is incorporating a townhome or more individual look for the units. Second is use uh, of two types of uh, sad treatments, one along 97th and one along Juanita Beach Park to break up the massing. And I guess that it also said ways to mirror or complement Juanita village development. So I that's- I appreciate that, that, Carlos. That's the direction Thanks that we gave them. Yeah. So uh, if, if we are following the same line, I'm guessing that um, it doesn't feel like a uh, more individual look of the units still feels like a big I wouldn't mass. be able to tell the difference. And uh, the facade <laughs> treatments along 97th and Juanita Beach Park um, need to be differentiated. I guess that uh, just the scale. I don't know if maybe that's done through uh, different material selection or through other techniques, extending or raising parapets. Uh, but uh, I guess that that's kind of like where we are stuck right now. But I, I mean, we come back and we're saying, okay, pedestrian activation and, and that, but we want it to appear more of a townhouse. These aren't townhomes. That's they're what single, the board- They're single, they're single yeah. floor homes. They aren't multi-story <laughs> yeah. townhouses. And so trying to make a, a flat plate Accessible, you know, really, when you look at the people that are going to be living here, accessible facility, it's not a townhome. They aren't going from one level to the other level within their own unit. And so that's not a townhouse. But, that so was, but that's what trying we to, trying told to them to do. replicate a townhouse, <laughs> that, that's what I mean. But trying to replicate a townhouse, but it's not a townhouse, I mean, is a legitimate architecture. I mean, we've really got to look at it and say, okay, what is it that this facility, that they they have performed, they have put together that they want to build, and it's it meets it meets zoning code and everything like that for what they're doing. What we're looking at is what is the exterior of this building interacting with the space around it? How does yep. it interact? And to say that we want it to look like a townhouse, just it isn't a townhouse. Rand, so Randall, do, do you mind? I'm do you mind me just stepping in for just a second? Oh, the reason ahead. the reason why. That, that is a concept that we're struggling with is that that was presented to us from the applicant is that they were wanting to go through a facade of having that townhouse feel. And if that's what the applicant wants to do and give off uh, for the community and for what they are trying to uh, have us move forward with, that's not what we're seeing. So 
this is where it's going back to the applicant of, okay, so if we are going to move forward with the townhouse sort of aspect that look, that brownstone that we've been talking about, that we're struggling with trying to see, you need to create ways in order for us to break, in order for you to break up, um, obviously this, this building, the facility to give us more of that feel, give us that facade that it gives that more townhouse look, which is what we're not saying. Or the applicant can go back and say, hey, you know, we've reevaluated. We don't want to move forward with the townhouse feel, but this is another way that we're trying to fit and make it work with the community. The townhouse thing was not something that came from us. It was something that was presented to us from the applicant, and that's the part that's the disconnect that we're not seeing. I, I, I agree with you on that. And the the word townhouse, maybe we come back with a different definition, or they come back with a different definition. And, and Tyler, uh, I get it. I get it. So, but again, I'm just I'm just getting back to the verticality and the the horizontality of this building. When you look at it from the park and you look at it from different angles, I feel there's a huge opportunity here to do something that is superior design and not just a rubber stamp of the same thing we've seen in the last six projects. I think I, so I agree with my a, opinion. I have a question for staff. Um, how much leeway does the design review board have to actually determine that certain design standards um, can be waived or or um, exempted if uh, they, the applicant actually proposes something that you know is really exceptional? What would be the the standard that would be waived? Because I think the board is only limited in terms of modifications to very limited items like setbacks or um, the dimensional requirements, like height or well, height. That's what you're saying. Height. I don't think there's an ability to waive, other than what's in the code. So in this case, it's you get 13 feet with superior mm -hmm. design. Right. Um. I guess I'm not sure what you're trying to get at, Amy. Um, well, I, I know Randall was saying earlier that we were kind of boxing ourselves in by, um, you yeah. know. Um, but the, I don't uh, think we're that prescriptive, though, mm -hmm. with the modulations. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Randall, you're referring to some of our um, design regs, which don't apply in this case. It's more guidelines. Um, yeah, it's but as as you look at it, when when they come back and they make a presentation, they say we have to have some sort of vertical modulation at 120 feet. I'm making that oh, up. I'm not sure what's yeah, in there, yeah. but we 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 give them a prescriptive manner of saying, here's what, what you need to do. Now, we don't say what that has to be. We just see there needs to be a break. And so- Hey, Jen, can you confirm that? Because I don't think we are that prescriptive with the, the modulations, distances. Of the actual dimensions? Yeah. There is, but it's not, so um, it's for uh, special consideration for other areas, not for this one. So like, I think we had talked about, like, I was just pulling it up. So facades over 120 feet in length should incorporate vertical definition, but that's specifically in Finn Hill and Houghton and not Juanita. So it's, it's within the guidelines, but not necessarily that level yeah. pertinent to this zone. That's what I thought. Okay. So, so I, we're I very guess, broad in terms of, yeah. I, I guess that um, 
and Randall, Amy, and um, all the board members, what we're trying to just get is to reduce the perceived scale from a pedestrian perspective, correct? However, the applicant wants to do that, uh, that's kind of like on them to present the design and on us to determine if that meets the scale uh, requirements, correct? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Okay. So I guess that the applicant can go back and look at their design and through any design techniques that they want to incorporate, present a case where um, whatever they present on the next meeting uh, differentiates from what we're seeing today, right? And also address context, right? That was one of the yeah. other things. Yeah. Do you all agree with that? Yeah, I would. Okay. Um, Supriya, do you? Uh, Supriya, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Fatima. Yeah. Tyler. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> um, does that make sense, John, staff, and the applicant? Were you able to get that, Jen? Yes, I was. Okay. okay. I would ask if the applicant has any questions. <clears throat> Not offhand, at least um, <clears throat> from me, um, I think we ended on the, the important part, the, uh, the architecture and architectural massing and perceived scale, that that's, that's the kind of standard of the code um, in terms of the superior design. Um, uh, I would like to yeah, state, I would like to state, um, sorry, Kyle, but- No, go ahead. Um, hearing the dialogue, it's a little frustrating because we were pointed in one direction and in, in the January meeting at the, the CDC to pick option three. And so that's what really we did as a team. We directed uh, this group of architects to really develop um, option three. Um, and they did that. And I think they did a very uh, fantastic job of, of coming up with um, a really um, spectacular design. Um, and in the townhouse uh, during the CDC meeting, if you go back and review the notes, at least what I recall was that the townhome uh, concept was actually came out of, of the design review board, um, and especially 97th and how it would um, basically face the village. So that was the street that you wanted us to develop um, more of a townhouse concept feel. And Randall really said it the best. He said, you know, this is a senior living community. There's 50 apartments in this. People, this is people's homes. They, 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 there's not outside entrances. It's security is so important for these residents. You know, safety is so important for these residents. They want to be in a, a safe confines where they can go in, uh, live in their apartment, enjoy the common amenity spaces, enjoy the great outdoor spaces that we're providing for them. And to be able to do this, I mean, if, if we can't get a third story on this project, and we really want it to be superior architecture, we want it to work from a human scale aspect and everything that says in the code, we want all that to work. But 
this won't be a project unless we get the third story. It's just too small. So whatever we can do to get that, to get your approval, you know, we'll take another effort at it. But um, I just didn't, I did want to make that clarification regarding the townhome concept that really came from the design review board, not from the applicant. So. Paul. That's all. All right. Um, John, um, Jennifer, is there anything else that we need to elaborate on? I think I have everything, all the notes and everything covered and noting that um, the board's requesting to continue for another DRC meeting. Yeah, I have nothing something... to add, Carlos. Pardon me, uh, Jen? Oh, I have nothing to add. Okay. I think, yeah, I think at this point, it's really just, um, we'll need a motion to continue and uh, to a certain date specific. I'm looking at the calendar right now. And um, so in August, we have August 7th and August 21st. Um, so I'd like some input, or we should get some input from the applicant in terms of the, the what's the realistic meeting date that we can um, shoot for or should continue to. So it's August 7th, August 21st, and then September 18th would be the third meeting. If our team can pull together, August 7th is too quick, but if our team can pull together by August 24th, the 22nd, you said, John? 20, 21st, August 21st, Monday. I don't know, Bethy, is that too quick or do we need to roll into September? It would be good to see, I think, what the final notes are, because I think there's been a lot of discussion, but not necessarily a lot of consensus. And so that makes it difficult to respond. Um, and and understand what the timeline needs to be. Can we get the notes and then absorb it as a team and get back to you, John, on a date? Well, I think we need to continue it tonight. So what we could do is we can continue it to the August 21st meeting. If it turns out we need to push it out to the September 18th meeting, um, we could postpone it that uh, on the 21st. But I would recommend we we um, continue okay. it tonight. That way, we prevent some noticing requirements. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, well, with that being said, um, board members who would like to make a motion to continue uh, this uh, conceptual this design response conference to August twenty first. Right. Make a motion that we continue this until. September or August 21st. Uh, okay. Uh, anyone would like to second? I'll second. Okay. Move and second. Um, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Motion carries to continue uh, this design uh, response conference to August 21st of 2023. Uh, I think that that's going to be all for the applicant tonight. Thank you very much for staying this late. We really appreciate it. Um, 
So now uh, we're going to continue um, with the agenda. Uh, I guess that uh, there's um, the administrative report and DRB discussion polling for attendance for the next DRB meeting. Uh, so there's really nothing on the agenda for the August 7th meeting at this point. Um, and I'm looking at the calendar. Nothing currently on the 21st either, other than this project. Uh, so we'll just uh, make sure to keep the 21st on your calendars, and then we'll just make sure to pull the, the DRB a week prior. That's it for me, Carlos. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you, John. Um, so uh, with that being said, anyone would like to suggest an adjournment? I just want to point out that. Oh no! I just, I'm so sorry. I'm just saying that Fatima's wearing Foster School of Business, and I went to school there. So, <laughs> just calling that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Randall, you were uh, stating the motion. Make a motion. So, Carlos, <laughs> Randall, I'm so sorry. Can I can I just throw something uh, and offer uh, uh, information that I found out? If I don't want to delay this you know, because it's still fresh in everyone's mind. Um, so last week when we reviewed the, the Bridal Trail Shopping Center project, the Madeira, uh, one of the things that the applicant said um, was that um, on the Northeast corner, um, that they, they, something about how, and, and this is not in particular to them, but it's general information that I wanted to share to the DRB because I think it's important for future reviews, but um, the applicant said something to the effect that because of the grade change, they couldn't put a plaza at the Northeast corner um, and that the retail spaces aren't gonna work because of the grade change. Um, so I went back to, you know, some of you may know that I work um, for the city of Bellevue practically doing the very same things. Um, and so I, I went back and talked to my colleagues about, well, you know, the, the downtown streets in Bellevue are all, you know, you know, pretty, um, uh, what's the right word, um, also um, with lots of great changes. And so has it, you know, so I asked the question, has it ever been a problem for developers to put retail when you have, you know, dramatic grade changes? And the answer is no. So in the future, um, when an applicant tells us that, we probably need to ask a little bit more questions about why they say that, because it has never been a problem in downtown Bellevue. Understood. Thank you for sharing that, Amy. It's really useful, especially for any upcoming meetings that we might encounter with that condition. So thank you. All right, uh, going back to business, Randall, I know that you've been uh, wanting to make a motion. Go ahead. I got you're muted. Or anyone else like to state a motion to adjourn? I'll make a motion to adjourn. Okay, uh, anyone would like to second? I'll second the motion. Okay, move on uh, second. Uh, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Motion carries. Thank you very much for uh, staying this late and um, hope you all have a good rest of your week. See you on the next uh, DRB meeting. Thank have you. Have a good night. Thank Thanks, you. Carlos. Good night. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks.